where you've got about 35 minutes with Davey Millsaps, former Supercross badass, a 250 champion, one of the bigger names in Supercross back in the day, retired several years ago, now a trainer for a number of riders. 35 minutes that we're going to put up on YouTube this week, but here's a slice of it. We talk about concussions, possible suicide, and James Stewart, the greatness that was James Stewart on the track. David Millsaps with the Freaks. I was going to be obviously gigantic when I retired mm. just because my dad's big. I mean, my dad was, when I was amateurs, he was 6'1", 280. And he's going to get mad that I said that because he argues that he wasn't my dad. I got pictures. You were for sure 280. And he might have even been bigger. Um, they call him a big day for a reason. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, for me, it's just I stayed somewhat skinny, thank God. And, and mm-hmm. now that I'm somewhat training these guys, I, I can't. I can't be the trainer walking around the piss with the belly. You know, mm-hmm. if I had one of those, I wouldn't want them. That, so, no, good point. no, no disrespect to anyone out there that has one. There's probably fantastic trainers that have bellies, but I just, I can't do it. To it's just, it's okay. You can disrespect I me. Mean, it's like coaches. It's like the trainers yeah. who walk around and they're smoking a heater and they're, they're getting Jimmy Jack over there on yeah. the treadmill. No, settle down, Skippy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna. I don't smoke. I don't smoke cigarettes. And, I mean, I I drink. Yeah, but I honestly, I haven't drank all that much. I've been training for an Ironman and well, half Ironman, should I say? So I'm trying to get back into doing that stuff, and and so drinking has has been pushed off to the side, unfortunately, because I do like to have my social drinks with you know my family and whatnot. But other than that, I'm just trying to stay in shape so I can keep up with these guys. So hold on. What was the inspiration to train for a half Ironman? I mean, that is no joke. My bucket list to do a full. Like I eventually want to do a full. And it's been a dream of mine for a long time. Why? I don't know. Because it's very painful for me to run because I can't run. Oh. Um, but it's just one of those things where you start as being one of the most physically demanding sports in the world. Huh. You start to look at other sports as like, what is more physically demanding? Like in our, in my mind, I look at an Ironman as like, what's wrong with you? You know what I mean? And... and <laughs> so it's not and there the, are some people that do 10 of them yeah like the, like the run the sorry the swim and the bike like i can i can live with that but the mm-hmm. 26 mile run that that's not okay and for me to go into my like, okay like if i can accomplish that like that's a bucket list check mark and then i'm good to go like then i have leadville 100 and level 100 was i did the 50 and the 100 was Really inspired from from Ryan Fedora, who passed away in January. He's been my best friend for yes, you know, my best friend for 17 years. Best man in my wedding, you know. So like when he passed, obviously it, it hit hard. And and one of the biggest things he wanted to do was like build 100, and he never got the chance. So like there's a lot of guys like Will Hahn and Bogle and and you know some of the guys that want to do it for him, and that's fantastic. But I want to do it for him as well. But yeah, to, to be able to keep up with these guys, like you said, and yeah. I still don't understand how mainstream sports or at least the the talking heads about mainstream yeah. sports don't give supercross and motocross their due because you're right it is the most physically demanding yeah. sport out there we go maybe between only, soccer yeah, and, yeah. and maybe cycling and and that's but come on it's they think that all we do is twist the throttle they don't ever look at what goes on in day-to-day life if they come out here and twist the throttle yeah anyone can ride a dirt bike let's say anyone can ride a dirt bike but no one can do what we do out here or what these guys do mm. out here so it's 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 a double-edged sword when it comes to trying to tell people like, hey, like, like you know, we ride dirt bikes. Like, oh, all you do is Swiss fall. You don't do anything. Like, no, like, there's way more to it than that. Like, wake up every morning. Like, you you eat, live, and breathe dirt bikes, you know? And, and then you have cycling at 
for cross training and you have the gym, you know, and, and you have all this stuff and, and your diet is super gnarly too. So it's, it's never ending and people don't see that part of things. So Indy car drivers, one of their training things is they've got this, this weight that helps them with, to get trained for G forces in the yeah. turns. What's something super cross wise. That's really wicked out there, but it helps them on the track. Well, we don't, we don't have a whole lot of G's like obviously like, right. like the Indy cars, but you know, Arm pump. Yeah, arm pump. Arm yeah. pump is massive, and that comes with that comes with endurance. Mm-hmm. The more you ride, the, better, the stronger you get. The more you push your limits in practice, obviously, the more you can push it out here at the races. Mm-hmm. Um, but building your strength and your endurance, you know, is is it's a hard mixture to get because it, it's you build too much strength. Now you're going to create arm pump. You're going to create more pump because obviously more muscle, more fatigue. And then you also have to look at you need the strength for the dirt bikes. But then it's like okay, well. Dirt bikes weigh 230 pounds. Like you're lifting that every day, no matter what you want to, how you want to look at it. You're riding it. You're still lifting it. And there's so many things and so many variables that go into it. And, and for me, I start to start look at like what I really did. And, and reaction time is massive because you get out the gate fast, then you can ride up there in the front a lot easier than you can come from the back. And now with how fast everyone's going, you're not coming from the back. More, you know, most like nine out of ten times, you're not coming from the back. So if you can have a fast reaction time which I just started working on a Benny because he just came back. Right. Um, so, because his reaction time is pretty bad right now. And, and I love him, but it's, pretty, it's bad. Let's face right. it. You know, he gets dead last starts. It's fantastic. So, so he's but, working his ass off to get to the field. Yeah. So, yeah, that's real tough, Davey, working with a guy that's dead last. Come on. Cra- crash could help him out. It. Oh, my God. <laughs> David Millsaps gets you from last to second to last. Yeah, I mean, he went from he went from dead last to I think he got twelfth or something wow. like that. You know, two weekends ago. Okay, but I mean, for him, like he's only ridden on a Supercross track I think eight times since December. Like that's all he's been on. So for him, he's just getting his feet wet, learning how to race again before he goes into the outdoor season. Um, but yeah, like back to your question, there's for dirt bikes, it's not just you know the one thing like like in the G forces, we don't have that. You know, it's just need a lot of seat time. It's everything. It's everything. So okay. Going back into the fitness with it, I mean talk about that reaction time. That's a big thing when yeah. it comes to into pit stops with NASCAR and IndyCar. It's a big thing when it comes to getting off the line and drag racing. So co- equate that then to supercross because yeah the gate drops as it's dropping, I mean, do you look for it to be at a certain place before you throttle down? Well, I look for it to flinch. Just flinch. Just flinch. Interesting. So as soon as it flinches, you go. You know, because <sighs> by the time your reaction time goes, the gate's already down. So as soon as you see it flinch, it's already hit the ground and, and you're gone. But it's not just the start, though, that we need reaction time. It's everybody's out there. Every You know, all the races are against you and you have to move. You have to see it. All the ruts coming at you, the whoops coming at you, the jumps coming at you, your bike can react different ways like you have to have split second reactions to everything on the track and it's not just the starting gate i mean obviously but that helps obviously well 20 minutes of supercross 20, you're right obviously starts help because that reaction time can help you everywhere out there but i mean if you if you have a bad reaction time now you have to even think twice as much because now you're dealing with the guys in the way back who you shouldn't be back there with right you know what i mean or i shouldn't be back there or benny shouldn't be back there with should i say so. so when you talk about reaction time training, it's not just the gate. It's your, how do you teach him to be better with a rut in the middle of a turn? Uh, 
well, thank God he's good in turns. Like he's, he's good in turns and that's a natural ability for him. A lot of people don't have that. You know, it's the whole saying is, you know, jump for show, corner for dough. And that's been a saying around for a long time. And <clears throat> corners is something that bike setup helps tremendously with and your body position helps, you know. But some people nowadays are taking the European style, which I think, you know, Kenny brought here and, and you know, Marvin brought here where they're keeping their legs on, on the pegs. And see, I was never able to do that. Like some outdoor tracks, like, yeah, if I stand up, my feet are on the pegs, obviously. But it looks foreign to me. It's very foreign. They do yeah. that a lot overseas. And now they're starting to bring huh. it here where Tomac has pretty much mastered that along with Kenny with his feet on the pegs. And I never ever got the chance to really try it that much because as I, as it started to come in, I was like teaching an old dog a new trick. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's not going to happen. Um, and for me, it just didn't make sense. It, it was, mm-hmm. it was odd. Benny does it sometimes and, and, it, and it's fine, but he's way faster when he puts his leg out. You know, Kenny can do it just as fast with or without. Um, so can Tomac. But for me, it's the reaction time in the middle of the corner. It's not really a reaction for that. It's, it's just the whole flow in the corner where your entry is, like where, you know, where you're giving it gas, where your body position is, where are you looking? Because if you're looking straight down, you're not going anywhere. You always have to look at where you want to go. And that's, that's a big one as well. So sometimes you got to bring it back to basics to get really far. So, so you're out here winning a 250 light champion back in the day, right? Yeah. They were called lights back in the day. Uh, did you ever anticipate you'd be coaching one of these happy bastards <laughs> 15 years later? I mean, I always wanted to do something like that yeah. just because the whole time growing up, you know, I always had guys ride with me since the time I was little, like always come ride with me, always come ride with me. If they needed help, like I'd help them. You know, it was just, I always wanted to help people get better in this sport because the more people that are better in this sport, the more it's going to grow. And this sport was able to give me everything that I have. And obviously I worked for it, but it still was there. Uh, so for me to give back to kids that can't do good, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things that why wouldn't I? And especially because I have the knowledge to be able to do it. Why not? And, uh, and I enjoy it now. You know, I sat on the couch for three and a half years with my head injury. And then, you know, now I'm back out here doing this and it gives me purpose again. It gives me something like a routine. It gives me routine. It gives me something to focus on. And, uh, cause my head injury really did me into the point to where I was spiraling like mm-hmm. weird ways and I couldn't help it. I didn't know what was going on, but now this, yeah, well, the post concussion symptoms and depression and all that bull crap, it sucks, honestly, but it's real. And, uh, this gives me something to look forward to and do every day that I'm enjoying it again. So that's one thing that caught me off guard is when we've had you on the show or we've seen you in interviews yeah. prior to the concussion. Yeah. This is more you than what I'm used to. But then you hear three years, you're just you're, yeah. your ass is on the couch yeah. because of those issues. You think, holy smokes. Yeah. But depression, concussion issues, brain issues. That shit's real, bro. Dude, like, it's real. No, it's 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 beyond real. And I told the story before, you know, and and. You guys have done interviews with me. Like I've been, always been like the happy-go-lucky, like I just upbeat and stuff like that. And and it got to the point to where like the suicidal thoughts were gnarly for me. And that's not something that I'm I I don't want to hide it because everyone people go through it. But for me, it was more so like okay, like how do I stop this? Because I didn't obviously want those. So I'm like, how do I fix it? And I would do anything, everything I was trying to do to get rid of it. I wouldn't just I wasn't gonna let it you know conquer me. So that's kind of where. I started to go in with my health and way, you know, started looking way into depth with my health and, and, you know, uh, gut to brain health and stuff like that. So where it's, 
And then it started changing my life. Then I started to go away. And then I got out of my depression, got out of all that stuff. And then I, I was able to come do this stuff. And now I'm like, I'm way better now than, than I have been in, in four and a half years. And, and uh, it's, it's cool. You can write a book about all that. But what's, what's interesting no, about depression is, is in, in some form or fashion, we all suffer from it. Yes. And you hear people talk about, well, you have children and you have a wife, you have all this money and cars. And unless you go cars. through it, you don't understand that yeah. none of that matters, man. Look at no. your son and daughter and you're depressed and you want to kill yourself. What? <laughs> it happens. I mean, that's just... It's life. And for some people, for a lot of people, it's life. And it's, it's a hard thing to overcome. And, and for me, it was looking at my kids and my wife is, is kind of like, okay, like I can't, I got to fix this. You know, like I want to walk down the aisle with my daughter when she gets married. I want to be there for my son. You know, I, I want to do this stuff with my wife. Like there's so many things that at like, some point in, in some parts of my day, like I was not depressed. I wasn't suicidal so like that. So I could click those click those times and use them to like, okay, like let's fix this. And that's when I would, and I'd just do my research. I figured out what was going on. And that's when I started finding all this stuff that I needed to, to at least try. It's, it, we'll, we'll end it with this, David. It's funny when we ask the younger writers, I say younger guys in their mid twenties, we, we always drop in these three comparisons. We go James Stewart, Carmichael and McGrath. And again, Carmichael and McGrath just bombed us. But hearing the kids nowadays really revere James Stewart yeah. and his riding style, all wins, champions aside, just that style. It's funny to hear these younger kids talk about that. He's the only one that he brought style into the sport. Yes. You know, and, and he's three years older than me. And I, I'm from Florida, so I grew up with James. Like, I was just having, yep. a, I had, a 30 minute conversation with big James this morning. Oh, nice. We were talking about my dad and how he's like, my, you and my, you know, your dad and me were like this. And I'm like, I'm like, sure. You know? And, and I mean, I, I love the Stewart family. I always have. Yeah. And I also, I also hated James for what he was doing. You know, who, who the f- wants to bubble scrub like that mm-hmm. in their right mind. And, and then I started thinking like, okay, he's, he's five, five. So five five or five six, like probably way way easier, you know. And, and he has a size eight or nine boot, probably way easier. Mm-hmm. You don't catch your feet everywhere, you know. And, and but mm-hmm. you have to admire James's riding style, even though he was balls to the wall, like he never cared. But it was the fact of how much passion that you could see how he, you know, what he had in the sport. You know, when every minute ever that he was riding, you know, he always put passion into it. And that was something that you can never take away from him. So from Bubba Scrubs to, you know, his stupid rhythms and, and you know, across the board, like if I was talking to Big James Storm, like watching him, I remember watching him when he's on a PW and he wasn't human on a PW. He, he really wasn't human on a PW. He was gone on a PW. As he got older, obviously he got more human. And, but the stupidity never changed. He was yeah. still a guy that you're like, if anyone's going to do this, James, you know, like, oh, what's James going to do now? You know? So, and, and like I said, I love James to death, but like, yeah, you have, you admire him, but you got to hate him at the same time mm-hmm. for everything. Like as a racer, yeah. now as a fan all day. Yes. Yeah. But as a racer that had to race him, like there were some things that you just, you hated him for. He brought back WFO. I mean, WFO, <laughs> he did, didn't he? I mean, WFO for me in the seventies was it. Yeah. And it just lost it. And I said, that guy's WFO. They, they, what yeah. are you talking about, Kenny? What does that mean? Yeah. He, yeah. he brought it, <laughs> he brought it back tenfold. Yeah. There was, 
I mean, you can go on and on about James, you know, yeah. and, and but for when he wanted to calm down, he calmed down. When he wanted to go crazy, which was 99% of the time, he went crazy. And, but again, I go back to just the fact of how fast and how creative he was. You know, he was super, super creative. And his, his writing style straight up was just on edge all day, every day. 